0: Adams on Agriculture, brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel, a more complete additive package for a more complete burn.
1: Informing America's farmers and ranchers, it's Adams on Agriculture. Produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Here's your host, Mike Adams. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Adams on Agriculture.
0: Thank you for joining us and letting us be part of your day as we kick off a new week. Hope you had a good weekend. My area, where I'm at in west central Illinois, we did have a good weekend. Somehow the rains missed us and a lot of field work got done. The planters were rolling and looked like looks like they will again today, but uh, there's more rain in the forecast. We know it's been a mixed bag uh, across the Midwest. Some areas still way too wet. Other areas getting a lot done. So we're going to go through all that with DTM meteorologist Bryce Anderson coming up here in just a bit on today's program. A lot of uh, severe weather to talk about and uh, looks like a forecast of more wet weather ahead. We'll get into all that with Bryce in a bit. Lots of trade news at the end of last week. Some positive developments finally. Uh, The lifting of the uh, Section 232 tariffs, steel and aluminum tariffs on uh, uh, Mexico and Canada. That's welcome news indeed for agriculture and hopefully paves the way for getting USMCA passed or at least makes it more possible. We're going to talk about it with Nick Giordano with the National Pork Producers Council. The U.S. pork industry very hard hit by those tariffs and the retaliation uh, from mexico especially we're going to talk about that with nick giordano and then we had the news of course of japan opening up its market finally fully to u.s beef and uh, we'll talk about that with colin woodall with the national cattlemen's beef association so lots of big trade news to talk about later in the program but let's start things off with the check on the news with spencer chase with agripulse communications hi spencer how are you
2: Doing good, Mike, doing good. It's a lovely day in D.C. We haven't quite full-hit uh, summer humidity yet, but we're getting there, so it's a, it's, it's, a, it's a lovely day so far. Well, a
0: week ago I was there in Washington, D.C. with you, as well as a number of uh, farm broadcasters from around the country, and we were hearing about uh, a disaster raid. We were hearing about uh, another round of um, market uh, facilitation payments. We're still waiting on the, those things, aren't we?
2: right still waiting and i think uh, an educated guess could be made that we're going to see that we're going to see something on that sooner rather than later now uh, obviously that's a very a very subjective term that could mean different things to different people but i think uh, you know it could be could be fair to say that we could see some developments on that front here here yet this week or certainly by the end of next you know you were you were in the room as i was last week when uh, when under secretary ted mckinney said this is something they wanted to have out in, in days not weeks and so, this is something that I think producers can expect to see, you know, with you know, reasonably soon. But at the same time, I, I, I don't think it's necessary that uh, that folks be checking their emails every every five minutes. Uh, we'll, we'll let you know when it's there. But I think it's something that's going to be going to be seen here fairly soon.
0: There has been already a lot of speculation of what formula they will use on this round of market uh, uh, facilitation payments, and suffice to say, it's probably not going to be as heavy. Soybeans, like we saw in the past, but it'll be interesting. What will that formula be? What how what will the mix be?
2: Well, and we've seen a couple of different folks kind of chime in on their opinion. I know the the South Dakota delegation from Capitol Hill sent a letter to USDA last week suggesting maybe you know 18 acreage with five year average yield. You know the National Corn Growers Association has sent suggestions of their own, but USDA has said that they don't want this you know this assistance package to impact planting decisions. And with the weather being what it is, one would think, I mean, one could make an educated guess that that might have, you know, they might uh, steer away from the production-heavy methods that they used last year because, as has been pointed out, last year they, they rolled out this package when crops were well into the ground. I mean, this was August when they announced it last year. And this year folks are still folks are still rolling and are going to be doing so for a little while longer as weather continues to be a hindrance across the country. And so if they're not going to influence planning decisions yet this year, that, you know, could lead to, you know, maybe some kind of an opportunity to look at past year's production and incorporate that into, you know, past year's production and acreage and how how they might actually uh, make that work. Who knows at this point, but we do know that they're looking to make sure that they're not trying to move the markets with this decision.
0: National corn growers made uh, their feelings clear on this. Uh, again, reminding uh, USDA they weren't happy with what they got the last time, and they're winning, hoping for better this time.
2: Right, and that's something that obviously, uh, uh, as you and I'm sure many of your listeners know, that last year the national or the corn producers in that market facilitation program were given one penny per bushel. And uh, almost immediately we heard from the corn producers that they were not satisfied. They didn't think that was, I think, fair and equitable was the... Was the verbiage they were using? They didn't think that was fair treatment for, uh, you know, not only the first-hand impacts that they were feeling from from that commodity, but also some of the second-hand impacts, things like, you know, ethanol and uh, lesser use for for foreign uh, foreign use of U.S. grains for animal feed and things like that. And so they really felt like, you know, that was not an accurate representation. You know, USDA would obviously would obviously beg to differ and has done so in defending the program since it was announced last year. But it's not just the corn growers either. You know, I spoke with uh, National Sorghum Producers uh, CEO Tim Lust last week, and he said that they had some, some ideas to maybe incorporate past production as well and not be so, you know, so heavily weighted on what is currently in the ground or going in the ground here in the next few weeks.
0: So we'll see what happens there. Meanwhile, disaster aid, will we see some movement uh, this week? I mean, we're getting down to the Memorial Day recess, which supposedly they're going to have it done by then.
2: Right, and, and Leader McConnell has been adamant that they are going to vote on something this week. And so basically what we're watching for at this point is how negotiations unfold on Capitol Hill, because if they're able to negotiate some kind of a bipartisan solution on Capitol Hill, that will be what gets the votes in the Senate. And uh, if for whatever reason they aren't able to do that, which you know the, we, we do hear that there's been some movement on issues such as Puerto Rico uh, with, uh, with the White House and with the Capitol Hill Democrats, and so, you know we do hear that there's movement on that front, but in the event that there isn't any movement, they're going to vote on something that we've seen before, and uh you know whether or not folks will be able to you know change their votes, knowing that they're going to have to go home for a number of you know Capitol Hill Democrats are going to have to be campaigning in Iowa, having you know potentially just voted against disaster assistance again. you know will that weigh on their decisions? Obviously, that's something we'll have to watch for later later throughout the week. But, you know, this is something that, you know, Leader McConnell has been adamant about. They're going to vote on something this week. And, uh, you know, if, if and when they send a package out of the Senate over to the House, uh, the, you know, the House could potentially take it up very quickly and send it to the president's desk.
0: Meanwhile, a collective sigh of relief from agriculture that the uh, steel and aluminum tariffs were removed on Canada and Mexico.
2: Right. And that's something that I, I actually had the chance to ask some folks about this, uh, you know, over the weekend and, I just asked them, so were you popping champagne bottles or were you taking a sigh of relief? And the, nobody's really ready to celebrate quite yet, because what this means, it's obviously a very good thing to remove those tariffs in terms of promoting, you know, equal access. And free. What this now really means is that their attention is going to have to shift to getting the new U.S.-Mexico-Canada trade agreement ratified, the, the update to the North American free trade agreement. So all, basically what that announcement meant on Friday was that their attention is going to shift from trying to convince the administration to lift these tariffs to Hill and convince congressional Democrats to vote in favor of this agreement. Uh, some folks think, seem to think that there's there's a path for them to get the votes, but uh, you know, whether or not they're going to be able to do that, they, they really don't need the entirety of the Democratic Party to get on board with this. But they do need to convince House Speaker Nancy Pelosi to bring it to the floor. And they also need Mm -hmm. to be able to, you know, generate enough Democratic support to win a majority. Because remember, you know, the party that is typically in favor of free trade has been the Republican Party. Appreciate it, Mike.
0: Right. Thanks, Spencer. Spencer Chase with Agripulse on AOA.
3: There's a lot of talk coming from the makers of wheat fungicides these days, and some of them are really talking up some pretty big claims.
4: But when you eliminate the fungicides
3: that are Johnny-come-lately's, the ones without a proven track record, and the ones from makers who consider wheat to be just an afterthought, there's really only one left to talk about. The one you know and can trust. Caramba fungicide from BASF. It gives you best-in-class head scab suppression, top-level DON reduction, and excellent control of late-season foliar diseases. And all of that gives you a proven yield advantage over untreated infected wheat acres. Caramba fungicide from BASF. For time-proven performance you can trust. Everything else is just. Talk, 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 talk. Talk,
0: talk, talk, talk
3: To learn talk, how caramba fungicide can help your wheat's yield potential, talk to your BASF representative. Grow smart with BASF. Always read and follow label directions.
0: Adams on Agriculture, brought to you by Sinex Premium Diesel. Sinex Premium Diesel, diesel that doesn't mess around.
5: People respond differently to change. Some are frightened by it, some try to ignore it, and some are inspired by it. Those who spend their days tending to the land have a unique perspective on change. They see it up close every day, as one season fades into another, as a seed grows into a stalk, as a field of gold is spun out of the land and sky. Change is their livelihood. Since the beginning, Poet has shared a fundamental connection with farmers. And like farmers, we see the world differently. We are inspired by change. Climate change may be the most daunting challenge yet, but we believe it's not insurmountable. The same spirit of innovation that helped build a worldwide biofuels industry will help us tackle the environmental issues we're facing today together. Sustainable biofuels, oil alternatives, nutrient rich proteins. These solutions create cleaner air and a more sustainable world. Get inspired with us, visit poet.com.
0: Recently on Adams on Agriculture, talking with Ryan Finley, CEO of the American Soybean Association, We've heard some people now speculating that the window is closing on getting USMCA passed this year. Do you think we're, we're in that tough a shape?
6: I still think that we have some opportunities to, to push it through this year. I know that there's some rhetoric out there and the window's closing and there are some that are getting frustrated about one side or the other doing this or that. But I think if everybody steps back and they realize the importance of Canada and Mexico they're going to say, hey, this is a good deal. It improves that relationship. It cleans up some issues we've had before. There are a couple of placeholders specifically on biotech that just weren't in the original agreement that are really beneficial. So I think that this is a positive agreement. Agriculture certainly wants it. And we're pushing on members of Congress to say, hey, let's, let's move forward with this agreement.
0: For the information important to rural America, join us on Adams on Agriculture.
7: Adams on
0: Agriculture is brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. With Cenex Premium Diesel, you can count on a diesel that will keep your operation in top shape.
1: Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams.
0: Well, time for our weekly visit with DTM meteorologist Bryce Anderson. Bryce, uh, do you you starting to feel like uh, your title is bearer of bad news?
4: Well, you know, that moniker got uh, pretty well slapped on me back in March, Mike, so it's been around for a while. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, you each know, week we uh, kind of hope for good news and uh that this will be the week that uh, you know, things clear up and dry up and we really get going and uh wow, it does it's not looking real sunny this week either, is it?
4: I have a birthday later this summer, and I think I'll probably get a Grim Reaper costume and, and uh, you know, be, be told I have to wear that. Uh, but that is the way things are looking. It, it's just a, a remarkably consistent and uh, repetitive uh, round of rainfall that we, uh, we keep dealing with across just about uh, the entire central part of the country. Uh, now, from the Ohio Valley south and, and east, it is drier. Uh, but, uh, you know, at some point they're going to get done uh, planting, and uh, everything is going to be focused on what happens in the Midwest and the Plains. And this week it's going to be wet, extremely wet, in parts of Kansas and uh, Oklahoma into uh, north-central Texas. It snowed over the weekend in western North Dakota, so it's very cold uh, in the northern areas. And uh, it, it just uh, continues to uh, be a... Uh, scenario that is uh, that is just keeping a lot of field work at a standstill. And now I'm concerned about uh, the wheat crop in the Southern Plains not only having, uh, you know, some disease concerns because of it being wet, but flat out uh, losing production because there are some fields in Oklahoma that are ripe and they're just about ready to cut. And uh, here comes rainfall that could uh, really knock a lot of that crop for a real a bad loop. Uh, right when you're just about ready to to uh, take that crop out of the field, here the rain comes to either knock it down or ruin it.
0: Uh, and we have these pockets, so I mentioned to you, I'm I'm here in west central Illinois, and somehow the rains missed us this weekend and the planters really rolled. I'll be anxious to see what the planning uh, progress numbers are uh, that come out later today, because uh, I know a lot got done in parts of Illinois, but you just have pockets. You just don't have that wide-open window for everybody like we so often see.
6: No,
4: it's, it's been a very uneven uh, season. There is no doubt about it. Highly dependent on, on uh, how rainfall um, can, can either be hit or miss at times. Highly dependent also on soil type because in lighter soils, uh, there's been a better uh, chance uh, for the uh, field to get dry. Uh, after the rain moves on, and for machinery to uh, you know to work and uh, not get stuck and everything, but um, that's been that's been the nature of this season. And as far as progress, uh, I'll be honest. I'll you know I'll be very surprised if uh, nationally the planted rate is uh, over 50 percent. And if it is, uh, I will again salute the the uh, resilience of uh, our modern uh, system, but. Uh, It's been so wet that I I will be uh, surprised if there's been uh, progress that has been uh, able to exceed that on corn, simply because last week it took several days before uh, producers could even get into the fields in many areas, uh, even though last week was drier. A lot of uh, work didn't really get started until probably, what, Thursday or so last week? I think that's about the earliest that I picked up, that uh, there was a lot of real widespread action.
0: And then on top of it all, then we have severe weather in places, and we're reminded, uh, you know, that's something we might normally be thinking of, but we've been dealing so much with wet and cool and snow and all this, uh, then all of a sudden here comes the really severe weather with tornadoes.
4: Yeah, and and, uh, we had that happen over the weekend. There was a a, a wide spell of uh, tornado activity started in southwestern Nebraska, and then – you know, kind of blew up as uh, even more as uh, the the uh, storm energy crossed into the southeastern plains and into parts of the delta and the mid south, and uh, we're going to go through that again today. I mean, I I was looking at storm bulletins in uh, putting together my uh, my weather video for this morning that I do on DTN every day, and uh, the the amount of bulletins that we have and and the variety is uh, pretty uh, pretty profound to me because across much of uh, Oklahoma and Texas uh the the uh, prospect is very strong very high for uh severe storms either in the form of hailstorms or uh, intense uh, damaging winds or tornado activity uh, pretty much throughout the entire Texas and Oklahoma panhandles and into north-central Oklahoma. And then you have just about the entire remainder of the southern plains that could see flash flooding because of how how wet it's going to be. Uh, I mean, uh, parts of central Kansas could get rainfall approaching 11 inches total mm-hmm. in the next seven days, and that would be well over uh, a third of the, uh, of the annual average rainfall happening in just one week. Uh, so this is uh, a, uh, a, a, a real uh, potent uh, set of conditions that we have for causing all sorts of crop calamities.
0: We're talking with DTM meteorologist Bryce Anderson. Bryce, I'm even starting to see and hear some reports that this, this kind of weather pattern could uh, continue right into June. Are you seeing that?
4: Well, I think we're going to cer- uh, we're certainly going to see it through the end of May, Mike, and that gets us onto the uh, doorstep of the month of June. And uh, I do think that uh, the way this uh, this tremendous uh, uh, trough of uh, low pressure in the upper atmosphere uh, is is acting, that it's going to be probably into the uh, first uh, five days of June, the first week of June, before things start modifying because the upper air trough that's uh, creating a lot of the unsettled conditions for these storms is running today from uh, south-central Texas, northwest, all the way to Vladivostok, Russia. I mean, that's, that's, the, that's the enormity of this upper air feature. It's going to take time to cross the uh, continental U.S. and then show some modification, and that's not going to happen in just uh, four or five days or one week, and so it it truly does look like it's going to be well into June before we start seeing some modifying. This is a winter-type trough that we have, and that's one uh, of the hallmark features of what uh, what we have to uh, deal with in terms of this chronically uh, wet and uh, delayed situation because we have this winter type feature that's going on during springtime and uh, that out of season characteristic is uh, causing us a lot of a lot of problems
0: does this give us an idea of what could come throughout the rest of the year a growing season uh, summer uh, or is this just a unique situation here this spring
4: well i i think that uh, that uh, i I'm certainly going to be on on watch for this uh, this type of feature to be one that uh, stays with us uh, during the summer uh, because the uh, the fact that we're going to go into June with these types of conditions uh, is is going to set the stage uh, possibly for you know an ongoing uh, kind of Kind of uh, drawn-out uh, development season on crops, especially over the north-central part of the country. Now, one feature that that is going to also maybe come to bear is the strength of uh, southeastern U.S. high pressure that has kept things, you know, quite hot and even a little bit on the dry side in parts of uh, of the deep south and the southeast. Because if that uh, feature uh, suddenly, uh, you know, kind of balloons uh, farther north of the Ohio River. Uh, you know, we know how, how summertime high pressure can, can uh, bring along a, a drier pattern pretty quickly, and uh, that could be a player uh, farther on into the summer. And so that's where we get into June in, in terms of a little bit of caution. I don't think that the entire uh, summer pattern is set, uh, but we certainly are going to have a difficult time uh, getting into June with what we have to work with right now.
0: All right, well, maybe next week. Well, we won't talk to you on Monday. It'll be Memorial Day, but we'll we'll try to catch you on uh, Tuesday when we get back, and hopefully things will look a little brighter then. But it uh, sounds like we may still be dealing with some of this uh, these same conditions. But uh, we'll hope for the best. Thanks a lot, uh, Bryce. Talk to you next week. Thank
4: you very much, Mike. You bet.
0: Ta- take care. DTM meteorologist. Bryce Anderson, so weather continues to be the, the huge story as uh, planting here in uh, 2019 um, delayed and uh, challenging, to say the least. And as Bryce said, you got some wheat condition, wheat disease issues to be concerned about as well. So we have a lot there to look at. There was, though, some brighter news at the end of last week on the trade front. Uh, Japan, lifting age restrictions for U.S. beef, opening that market up. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. And, of course, the uh, tariffs on steel and aluminum on Mexico and Canada being lifted. We'll talk about that next with Nick Giordano with the National Pork Producers Council. Stay with us on AOA.
3: There's a lot of talk coming from the makers of wheat fungicides these days, and some of them are really talking up some pretty big claims.
4: But when you eliminate the fungicides
3: that are Johnny-come-lately's, the ones without a proven track record, and the ones from makers who consider wheat to be just an afterthought, there's really only one left to talk about, the one you know and can trust. Caramba fungicide from BASF. It gives you best-in-class head scab suppression, top-level dawn reduction, and excellent control of late-season foliar diseases. And all of that gives you a proven yield advantage over untreated infected wheat acres. Caramba fungicide from BASF. For time-proven performance you can trust. Everything else is just
8: talk, 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 talk,
3: talk, talk, talk To learn talk, how Caramba fungicide can help your wheats yield potential, talk to your BASF representative. Grow smart with BASF. Always read and follow label directions.
0: Cinex Premium Diesel comes with a more complete additive package for a more complete burn to optimize performance in all engines.
9: Whether you're on the road or in the field, you need more than typical number two diesel you need a heavy-duty diesel like Cenex Premium Diesel. It comes with a more complete additive package for a more complete burn. It's the diesel that keeps your equipment out of the shop and restores power by as much as 4.5% and fuel economy by up to 5%. So ask yourself, if you could be any diesel, which diesel would you be? Cenex Premium Diesel, diesel
1: that doesn't mess around.
5: Everyone responds differently to change. Some are frightened by it. Some try to ignore it, and some are inspired by it. POET has always shared a true connection with farmers, and like farmers, we see the world differently. We're inspired by change. So when it comes to the challenge of climate change, we see opportunity to leave the planet we've been given just a little better. Biofuels, oil alternatives, nutrient-rich proteins, these solutions create cleaner air and a more sustainable world.
8: Get inspired with us. Visit POET.com. Time for a market check here on Adams on Agriculture. I'm Rusty Halverson from the American Ag Network. Planting progress for corn, spring wheat, and soybeans expected to stay at record lows this week. Wet patterns across the central U.S. showing no easing of heavy rain potential going into the final two weeks of May. Another round of severe weather forecast for the Southern Plains. School districts in Oklahoma City canceling classes on Monday. Damp soils and rain not only delaying field work, but... as you may have heard Bryce Anderson mention moments ago, raising the danger of fungal infections in winter wheat. Canada has lifted roughly $16 billion in Canadian tariffs. It imposed last year on U.S. metals, food, and consumer products. Those tariffs had been in place since July 2018. U.S. stocks opened lower on Monday. Investors continuing to weigh the impact of U.S.-China trade negotiations. An hour into the trading day, July soybeans up sixteen and a half at eight thirty eight and a quarter. November up sixteen at eight sixty three and a quarter. July corn up seven and a quarter at three hundred ninety and a half. December at 4.04 and a half up six and a quarter. Chicago wheat July up fifteen and a half at four hundred eighty and a half. Sixteen to eighteen cents higher in Kansas City. Minneapolis Spring Wheat July up thirteen and a half at five hundred forty one and a quarter. Cotton activity the October contract down 12,66.27. Livestock at the Merck and live cattle futures, June up 45 at 111.72. August up 7 at $109 even. Feeder cattle, August contract down 95 at 144.52. Lean hog futures, June contract 72 cents lower at 91.60. Outside markets on Wall Street, the Dow down 50. NASDAQ down 107, S&P down 13, June crude oil in New York up 33 cents. You're listening to Adams on Agriculture. I'm Rusty Halverson from the American Ag Network.
0: Adams on Agriculture, brought to you by Sinex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel, a more complete additive
1: package for a more complete burn. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now back to Mike Adams.
0: Positive trade news has been hard to come by for quite some time, but we got some uh, at the end of the last week when uh, it was announced that the Section 232 tariffs on steel and aluminum on Canada and Mexico have been lifted. Certainly welcome news by many, including especially, I think, the pork industry, been hard hit by these tariffs. Joining us now to talk about it is Nick Giordano, Vice President and Council, Global Government Affairs for the National Pork Producers Council. Nick, thanks for joining us. Uh, I know this has been a long time coming. You really have to be happy with that news that the tariffs were lifted.
6: Our producers are ecstatic. MPPC staff is ecstatic. This is a big deal. The metal tariff issue has been our top priority going back to middle of last year. And that's because, according to Iowa State University uh, Professor Dermot Hayes, it's been taking 12 bucks a head off every hog sold in the U.S. So, huge deal and uh, industry is breathing a collective sigh of relief.
0: Do we start seeing the impact of this? Do we start seeing uh, the positive results immediately, or does it take time?
6: Um, I don't know. I haven't checked markets, Mike, but um, the the tariffs are off. The Mexicans published in the uh, Diario today their notice, so... They're off. We, it was a punitive 20% tariff, which was a real problem for us. They're off now, so um, it's, wel- it's welcome news.
0: This, of course, is considered to be a much-needed step towards the passage of USMCA. Do you think this now uh, opens that door, uh, clears a major hurdle towards getting the deal passed?
6: Uh, no question this helps. I mean, Congress has made it made it very clear that um, they weren't going to vote on USMCA until these metal tariffs were lifted. So that's really important. And um, now it really comes down to um, the House Democrats, and they're asking for things on labor and environment. USTR Ambassador Lighthizer and the administration, I think, has been very responsive to um the Democratic concerns. I, I don't think, though, that there's um, any stomach for reopening the agreement, um, not just on the part of the Trump administration, but, you know, uh, Mr. Trudeau, who's up for re-election in Canada, um, uh, Lopez Obrador in in, uh, in Mexico City, they don't want to reopen it. But i got to believe there's a workaround here, and um, and we're 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 hopeful yet it's going to be tough on the timing, but we're hopeful yet that we can get a vote on this before the August recess. But things really have to start to move in order for that to happen.
0: Nick, when we look at uh, pork sales into Mexico and the impact those tariffs had, did we risk losing market share moving forward? Do you think we gain that back now that the tariffs are lifted?
6: Um. You know, it's it's. I, I think for the most part, we're going to be okay. I I think, um, and really, time is going to tell. Um, but I I think most of that comes back to us. Um, it was very painful, but we're really well situated because of not just because of geographical proximity, but quality and safety and affordability and um it, it's it's a really good it's a really good match the the u.s is as the exporter mexico is the importer there's very complementary, and while our exports to mexico have grown their domestic production has grown which has really been phenomenal so everybody's benefited here you got Mexico producing much more now domestically than it did before the NAFTA. And you got Mexico exporting, you know, to Japan and Korea and China. Their exports are growing. So for, for the pork industries, both sides of the border, um, the North American Free Trade Agreement has been very good, and hopefully we get USMCA in place, and uh, we continue to be able to export a zero-tariff into Mexico.
0: Any indication from the administration when they're going to send USMCA up uh, to the Hill?
6: Well, I think they'd like to have it um, up there soon. The first step will be sending the statement of administrative action. Um, then they've got to wait 30 days to send the implementing bill. But you know, they they um, they they they've been very careful not to step on speaker pelosi's toes and they're really reaching out to the dems but it's kind of getting to be fisher cut bait time here and um i i you know i think there's a lot of goodwill on on um both sides of the aisle so the timing is tough but um hopefully we get it done and certainly pork producers are going to be continue to be big cheerleaders of the process and very engaged. We've always supported USMCA, even with the metal tariffs, because, you know, if we don't have NAFTA or USMCA, then those 20% punitive tariffs would have been our future. That's Mexico's MFN rate that it has for countries that don't have an FTA. So we've always been supportive of USMCA. But obviously, now that we don't have this hair on fire problem with the metal tariffs, which really absorbed a lot of, a lot of our time, we can... Um, really turn more resources to um, get USMCA over the finish
0: line. We're talking with Nick Giordano, Vice President and Council, Global Government Affairs for the National Pork Producers Council. All right, Nick, uh, the news at least uh, does not seem, publicly anyway, uh, as positive with the situation with China. How do you read what's going on there? How concerned are you that we're not close to getting a deal done?
6: Well, we're very concerned. The, Dr. Hayes's number there is um, the, the trade retaliation, which is 50% in case of of tariffs on top of the normal 12%, so 62% tariff. Uh, big problem for us, taking $8 a head off of every animal sold in, in, uh, in the United States. And, you know, it, from, from our producer's vantage point, um, it, can't, it can't end soon enough, but um, looks like it might continue to drag out. And, uh, you know, the really unfortunate thing is, you know, we we sold a, a billion dollars to China in 2017, but we've just been scratching the tip of the iceberg. Everybody in the global pork industry has known that China is the greatest opportunity for increased sales in the world, by far, not even close. I mean, they just aren't going to be able to keep up with growing uh, meat consumption and and uh, their costs of production are really high. And and now with African swine fever, all that that that, that just, you know, huge treasure chest, if you will, um, has been brought forward in time because of ASF, when the estimates are about a third of their production is knocked out. So now we're looking at, you know, really phenomenal opportunity you know opportunity that we felt was more out in time has been pulled forward by the asf crisis and the, the question is the united states going to be able to really fully participate or are we more going to be a spectator on the sidelines because if you're a chinese importer and you know you can buy from all these countries 12 percent and the united states is at 62 percent um you know we're not going to sell as much now, having said that, obviously, ASF in China has been pulling up global pork prices, and that's been good for our guys. But the question is, you know, are we are we really going to benefit from this opportunity in China the way we would if we didn't have this retaliation? And obviously, we won't, and so we're really hopeful that... Um, doesn't drag out it looks like it could but you know you, you you just don't know i gotta say um we were surprised by the the metal decision and you know as hard as we worked um for those tariffs to come off and i it was mvpc's number one priority um it, it you know was a bit of a surprise we thought we knew that they had to come off because the congress said they had to come off before a, there was a usmca vote but um you know, we, we didn't anticipate they'd come off this quick, and that was great. And, you know, hopefully China happens sooner rather than later.
0: Yeah, the, the metal tariffs being lifted a pleasant surprise and just shows how hard it is to forecast or predict these things, how they're going to happen or when they're going to happen. Exactly. All right, Nick. Well, finally, some good news uh, on the trade front, and we'll hopefully we'll be getting more good news uh, in the future. But uh, uh, certainly... Uh, lifting of these tariffs has positive implications of ripple effect over in many, many ways. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for the update, Nick.
6: You're welcome. Thanks for having me.
0: Nick Giordano, Vice President and Council Global Government Affairs for the National Pork Producers Council. So that was uh, part of the positive trade news at the end of last week and into the weekend. Uh, The other part of it was Uh, The fact that Japan lifting age restrictions on beef coming into uh, their market, and uh, finally now... Uh, animals over 30 months of age well, that's that beef's going to be approved uh, allowed into Japan so that's a that's a big step forward for the US beef industry we'll talk about that next with Colin Woodall, vice president of government affairs for the National Cattlemen's Beef Association stay with us you're listening to AOA Adams on Agriculture Adams on Agriculture, brought to you by Sinex Premium Diesel. Sinex Premium Diesel, diesel that doesn't mess around.
10: A powerful threat calls for a greater response. When there's a battle, bring strength.
5: When there's a problem, seek answers. When there is doubt,
7: give hope. Not tomorrow. Not in a few years. But right now.
3: Some battles must be faced together. Cancer fighters stand up to cancer every day. And you can be part of this battle too.
7: Visit StandUpToCancer.org to learn more.
5: Together, we can save lives. Okay, men, this is your time. Maybe you didn't choose this, but you're here now. You're gonna go out there and be an all-star caregiver. It's up to you. So what are you gonna do? You're gonna go grocery shopping, cook, clean, either emotionally and physically. You gotta dig deeper. Drive them to physical therapy, doctor's appointments. Don't you forget about the pharmacy. No, you won't. Because that's what caregivers do. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. This is your time to show the world, your family, and yourself that you're tougher than tough. Now go out there and be the best caregiver this world has ever seen. Caregiving is tougher than tough. Find the care guides you need at aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council.
8: Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture from the American Ag Network. We're excited to explore the topics that make a difference to agriculture. The Farm Bill, Immigration Reform, Reducing Regulations, Trade, New Technology, as well as Infrastructure and Healthcare. Through the year, Adams on Agriculture will originate on location from several major national meetings and events. Subscribe to the show's podcast at AmericanAgNetwork.com. Thanks for listening to Adams
5: on Agriculture from the American Ag Network. Everyone responds differently to change. Some are frightened by it, some try to ignore it, and some are inspired by it. Poet has always shared a true connection with farmers, and like farmers, we see the world differently. We're inspired by change. So when it comes to the challenge of climate change, we see opportunity to make the air cleaner, to make our country safer, to leave the planet we've been given just a little better. Biofuels and oil alternatives, solutions for a brighter, more sustainable world. Get inspired with us, visit Poet.com.
10: Do you know how to keep food safe at home?
7: Clean, separate, cook and chill.
10: The easy lessons of clean, separate, cook, and chill will help you protect your family and be food safe. Clean. Wash hands and utensils to avoid spreading bacteria when preparing food. Separate. Use different cutting boards for meat, poultry, seafood, and veggies. Cook. You can't tell it's done by how it looks. Always use a food thermometer.
7: Chill.
10: Keep the fridge at 40 degrees or below keep bacteria from growing. Food safety risks at home are more common than most people think. The USDA is your partner in being food safe.
7: Clean, separate, cook, and chill.
10: For more information, visit BeFoodSafe.gov or call 1-888-MP-Hotline.
0: Recently on Adams on Agriculture... We're talking with Iowa Senator Chuck Grassley. Let's talk about USMCA. We've heard labor unions say they won't support it. We've heard Nancy Pelosi bring up uh, some issues. Is this uh, just the normal give and take of this kind of, a, uh, you know, uh, before you get to a vote on a big deal like this, or are these legitimate no. deal breakers that could keep it from passing?
6: If they're talking about going back to the negotiating
4: table with Canada and Mexico, those countries aren't stupid enough to do it. Uh, and if, we, if they're proposing that, then they're proposing that we won't have any credibility dealing with any country, including China right now, if we're on the cusp of a good agreement with China. so uh, if they, But if they can do some things by side letters or annexes to the agreement, uh, then I'm willing to sit down and, and talk to them.
0: For the information important to rural America, join us on Adams on Agriculture. Adams on agriculture is brought to you by Cenex premium diesel with Cenex premium diesel. You can count on a diesel
1: that will keep your operation in top shape. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know Adams on agriculture. Now back to Mike Adams.
0: All right. So we just talked with Nick Giordano with the national pork producers council. Obviously they are ecstatic that the, uh, Metal tariffs on Canada and Mexico have been lifted. I think that's pretty much across the board, though, uh, the, the sigh of relief from uh, U.S. agriculture. We can talk about that as well with Colin Woodall, Vice President, Government Affairs for the National Cattlemen's Beef Association. Colin, uh, this was looked at as a, a must-have to get the NCBA, uh, get the M- USMCA moving forward, and I know you at NCBA are happy to have uh, those tariffs lifted.
9: We're extremely happy to see these tariffs lifted. Now, we're in a little bit different shape from our friends in the pork industry because they were really getting hammered with the tariffs, the retaliatory tariffs from Canada and Mexico, and we just didn't see the same thing. But we were also, though, however, really pushing to try to get these tariffs taken down because we knew if we wanted to have a chance of getting a vote on USMCA, the tariffs were gonna have to be a part of this deal. Uh, Initially, we had thought that we would probably see the tariffs in place uh, up until a vote was scheduled. So the fact that this is done uh, earlier is I think going to be overall very beneficial to uh, the process of getting a vote and finally passing USMCA and putting this chapter behind us.
0: Yeah, Nick said they were pleasantly surprised that it happened now. They, They really weren't expecting it this soon either. So you were surprised by the announcement?
9: we were surprised matter of fact everybody else we've talked to within the AG realm and even within other industries were also surprised that we saw this last week uh, we had just had a conversation with the Canadian negotiators and uh, they did not let on to that either so this may have been something that came uh, across fairly quickly uh, things like that have been known to materialize very fast in the past so uh, all all we can say is that even though there's a surprise it's a good surprise and one that we were glad to see
0: then you got More good news, with Japan lifting of the age restrictions on U.S. beef, uh, that is very positive news.
9: Uh, you know, Mike, we could use a few more Fridays like we had last mm-hmm. week uh, with the 232 tariffs being lifted and then being able to see that aid restriction lifted on uh, our exports into Japan was another big win. You know, this is just another step in what has been a very long process going back to December 23rd of 2003 when we had the case of BSE and the Canadian cow in washington state uh, the japanese cut us off and we have slowly been regaining confidence in their consumers and also regaining that access and this was really the last big part of normalizing our access and taking off all the age restrictions we think that this could be upwards of a 200 million dollar increase in our uh, uh, overall exports into japan but now it puts even more pressure on the government to try to ensure that we have a bilateral agreement with the Japanese so we can address the, the tariff disparity right now that exists between our product and the product of those countries that are a part of TPP, namely Canada and Australia, who are our two biggest competitors. So we have to get that done now, and I know that the president has made it a priority, and the talks in regards to uh, Japanese access are going very well.
0: So this is good news, but as you point out, we are still at a disadvantage because we're not a part of TPP, so that gives those countries, uh, our competitors, into that market an advantage.
9: We know the Japanese love our product. That is why they have been the top market for USB for several years now. They were $2 billion worth of business for us last year, but that is at a 38.5% tariff, and as your listeners know, a tariff is nothing more than a tax but all of our trading partners in the tpp uh, namely our competitors into japan are uh, they've got about a, a little over a 10% tariff advantage over us so they're just cheaper in the marketplace And a lot of times the consumer may really want something bad, but they can't afford it. And I'm afraid we're going to start seeing more of that as 2019 wears on here. We're going to see a loss of our uh, overall market share, and that loss will be to the Canadians and the Australians who are a part of TPP.
0: So that doesn't take away, but does temper the good news you got last Friday about uh, the age restrictions being lifted?
9: Well, it tempers it in some extent, Mike, but I think the biggest thing is to show that we have a very willing partner here in the Japanese government. Uh, If the Japanese were not willing or not interested, they would not have taken this action because we were doing really good business over there with the 30-month restriction. So the fact that they did this, I think, shows a real willingness on their part to have productive discussions. And I think that will translate into what we're already seeing from their government in regards to the japan u.s bilateral trade talks where they are motivated things are going well so hopefully we can find a solution to the tpp disparity pretty quickly
0: what will be the immediate impact of the lifting of the age restrictions will we see an immediate impact or or does it take time
9: Uh, It'll take a little time for the market to react, but it won't take uh, very long. We could probably see some results in uh, some of the the June numbers that will come out here in about a month. But what it does is it opens up more of the uh, the awful cuts, the variety meat cuts, that will be qualified for shipment into Japan, Uh, things uh, such as tongues, for example. So that will definitely help us in our sourcing for that market when it comes to uh, some of those variety meats.
0: All right, so a couple of big items the uh, big lifts for you on uh, on Friday. What's your focus now? Is it on USMCA or China? What's your main focus here?
9: Really, there's three of them that are taking up equal amounts of time. One is trying to get this vote scheduled in the House of Representatives. Mm-hmm. For passage and ratification of USMCA, the second is continued to put pressure on the White House and the Japanese government to move very quickly on finalizing a trade agreement that will harmonize the tariff rate among our country and the other TPP countries, and also continuing to push the administration on China. You know, we've kind of slowed down the past week and a half. Have been a little rough on the Chinese discussions, but there's still a tremendous amount to gain for us if we can take down the non-tariff trade barriers. The president is playing hardball. We're supporting what the president is doing because you have to play hardball with the Chinese. Uh, People just don't really appreciate how hard it is to negotiate with them. And if you you show any weakness whatsoever, they're going to exploit it. So the president is doing the right thing. Uh, We're going to have to continue to support him, and that's what NCBA is doing because we have a lot to gain in the long term if he is successful.
0: So a couple of big accomplishments, big steps taken Friday More needs to be taken. Hopefully we'll be soon. Thanks, Colin. Thank you, Mike. Colin Woodall with the National Cattlemen's Beef Association.
9: Thanks for joining us on AOA.